All right, all right, all right, guys. Yes, we are back once again with the post-game show for the U.S. men's national team. And, uh, man, what an exciting 0-0 draw that was. Honestly, I've never been more thrilled in my entire life. Joining me tonight, as always, while we attempt to break down whatever we watched for two hours, is my good friend and co-host and co-producer, Darby. Darby, how are you? How are you doing? I am here. I mean, I'm, I still may be a little sleepy. I got really excited last night for World Cup qualifying. The first match between Honduras and Canada was super exciting. And then, and then the U.S. played. And it was less exciting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that just pretty much sums it up, right? Like it was pretty much all of the games last night with the exception of really Canada and the Mexico Jamaica match were like not entertaining. I mean, it was it was pretty uh pretty boring obviously. You know, I will get into that in a minute, but um for those of you who did not see, it was a 0-0 draw. With a whopping like three shots on goal, so lots of shots were taken. None of them hit the net, but lots of shots were taken. So good for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a thrilling back and forth battle in El Salvador with a raucous crowd who, you know, erupted in cheers at the end because thank God it was finally over and they didn't have to watch anybody attempt to play to a draw anymore. But yeah, I mean, Darby, like, how are you feeling, like? post watching the game that we got a point which i guess is good but like what's what's going through your head yeah i'm road point you you can't argue that that's not a decent result but i really thought that we needed to dial in um i i think like we talked about in our last podcast there was definitely some missing leadership there was some missing focus especially in the front um i i am not a big Pulisic fan uh but i do recognize what he brings to the team i recognize who he has become as a player and i think that having that direction um kind of having that that i don't know if it's confidence or or just experience there on the front line could have um kind of settled just the 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 wild nervy shots it was like everybody got the ball at their feet and was like i'm gonna take a shot without without really ever getting around to dialing it in um and i think that's something that Polisic has shown that he does well and and shown that he um he affects well um because he has he has become a leader for this team so we missed him up front for sure um thank Christ for our defense. And, and honestly, I was just really stoked. If, if I was excited about anything from the match last night, I loved watching El Salvador's fans. I am, I am here. Oh, for they that were, they were, a blast. they were amazing. You know, it, it's, it's funny because like, so if, if you, if you follow me on Twitter or switch the pitch, I gave my, 
my thoughts on the match afterwards. I was a little bit too anxiety filled to tweet during the game. But one of the points I made was that really every team in CONCACAF has a home field advantage except the U.S. And they have different things. Mexico has the Azteca. They play at elevation. It's really hard to play in elevation if you've never had that. We technically have that in Denver, but like it's not really the same. And it's an advantage for Mexico players playing at elevation because they play there every match. You know, El Salvador, they have the sirens, the fans, the atmosphere. Like it's just crazy loud. They were shooting fireworks off during the game. It's, you know, that's an advantage they have. They have a rougher field. Trinidad and Tobago, when they're in the, in the hex of the octagonal, their field is tragically bad, but their players know every bump and crevice on it. We don't. Uh, you look at places like, you know, Costa Rica has the Monsters Lair, Monsters Den in Saprisa, which is, you know, where the, they built their stadium, their ground down. So the fans are towering directly on top of you and they throw bags of urine at you. And this goes on and on for every single team in the Hex and the Oct and whatever, except for us. We do have some advantages that we use to that we play, you know, but realistically, every field in the U.S. is pristine. So we don't get the advantage of having a rough patch that gives us kind of a home grass advantage. Um, we do have some various climates. So one of the things we can do is when a team like Mexico comes, we can put the game up really high north. But a lot of the Mexico players play in America, so they're used to that, like going to Green Bay in the winter, for example. Um, we can also put games at elevation like in Denver. So we have options, but all of those options usually help support an, a road team more than it helps us. Like, you know, we we could put a game in Miami, sure, uh, but who's that going to help, us or them? And so when we talk about, like, using your home field advantage, we don't really have one. The Gold Cup is played in the U.S. almost every time, so the, the teams know how to play here. It's just like uh, uh, coming home. Most of the teams play their friendlies in the U.S. So, like, it's one of those things where we talk about home field advantage. And it's like, that is the joy of CONCACAF, right? Like, every game in UEFA, it's, it's pretty much the same style of field, the same style of expected stadium. The only difference is the fan atmosphere. But that's because UEFA has standards for every European team has to meet to host a home game in qualifying or whatever, or the game goes to a neutral site. That doesn't exist in CONCACAF. We're like one of the only federations where that doesn't exist, where there's not a universal, the field must be X or it's not happening. Uh, so teams, I mean, it's been documented, have gone out and destroyed their own field before a match to give themselves an advantage when a team like the U.S. comes in. And honestly, good for them because you do what you got to do to get an advantage as long as it's legal. Um, I mean, all you have to do is go back to the Trinidad and Tobago game when we played in a pool. We played the freaking game and it might as well have been water polo. I mean, so like, you know, um, like that is that is just the joy of it. Um, so we talk about like the fact that, yeah, you go on the road and now you don't want you to get three points. But the fact of the matter is we have always been horrendously bad on the road in World Cup qualifying. So to get a point, you know, I don't I don't I don't feel good about a, three, a point. Right. Like I I wanted three. And arguably, this was probably the easiest of the road games we are going to have in the Hex in terms of on paper, not by atmosphere, because El Salvador's fans bring it and it's a hard place to win. But by pure talent on paper, this was probably the easy one. So to not get three and to look really eh wasn't great. But 
I take a step back and I look and I accept the fact that we got a point, which is better than nothing. And really the road to qualification is win all of your home games, get 50% of points on the road. That's really how it's really how you make the playoffs in MLS. Win all of your home games, get at least 50% one point on the road. Like if you can do that, you're almost guaranteed to advance. That being said, um, the game last night was not entertaining. And, you know, I, I Pulisic gets dunked out of it, but I think that ultimately um, him not traveling with the team, even just as a moral support, was a mistake. I thought the tactics were not great, but honestly, it was an inexperienced team. And had it not been for Turner, probably should have lost that game. So we'll take a point. That's my thoughts. Yeah, and, and while a road point is a valuable gift in this tournament, though, it, it's it's paper. You know, it's it's the calculations. I think that this particular point, like you said, could have been our, our easiest road match. And it, like I talked about yesterday, I think that, um, oh, we may have talked about, not, not have talked about this on the podcast. This may have just been in text messages, but um, I think from a confidence standpoint, we needed three points because the next three points are going to be harder to get not having come out of the gate at three, um, especially for this pretty inexperienced team. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I mean, it's, we don't have to wait long to see how it, how the next game goes though. Right. This compact schedule. So I would I would disagree in that I think that the point is a confidence booster because this was, again, for other than six players, the first road World Cup qualifier or the first World Cup qualifier at all, but especially on the road that they've been exposed to. So to buckle down and not concede, that's the important thing here, right? Like, forget the fact that we got a point. We didn't give up a goal in El Salvador in front of an incredibly raucous, hard-to-play environment. So that that that's good news. And, and most of our star players... Still haven't really got it. We still don't have Ariola. We still don't have Pulisic. We still don't have a lot of our midfield. Like we have a good team, but it does put into perspective how important the Canada match is because, you know, a bunch of people are saying it's time to panic. It's time to panic. I look, if this was the hex, then yes, it would be time to panic. However, with the octagonal, we are in a position where we have a little bit of more leeway and, there's a little bit of wiggle room. And so is Canada a must win? No. Is Canada a really need to win? More than likely. I think that if we lose to Canada, Honduras becomes a must win. I think if we get a draw with Canada, Honduras becomes a really, really need to win. Um, But, you know, a lot of it, a lot of this thing really depends on what everybody else does. And what's important to point out, and we haven't brought it up yet, is Basically, we got a gift from the rest of qualifying last last night because everybody sucked. I mean, it was a collective battle of, oh, no, you think you're bad? Hold my beer from CONCACAF, where nobody wanted to win, with the exception of Mexico getting a late goal, who almost got a draw with Jamaica, guys. So, like, let's let's put it in perspective. Like, it is it is very much so right now. Like, last night didn't happen, and we're all starting on fresh surfaces going into Canada. Now, if we win against Canada, this point from El Salvador is going to look a hell of a lot nicer. 
Like, because then we're sitting at four points. If we lose against Canada, that point in El Salvador is going to be like, a, okay, well, we had a good run. See you in four years. Like, it's it's very much going to depend on what happens with Canada. And here's here's the thing. If we get a point, if we draw with Canada, but it's a hard-fought match, I can live with that. Right? Like, I can I can accept that. I'm not happy with it, but I can accept it. What I cannot accept is if we go into Nashville, which is going to be a primarily heavily U.S. crowd. If we don't come out of Nashville with at least a point, and if we lose and play terribly, or we got a point and played like we did in El Salvador, that's when we have a problem. But I think right now, one point on the road in El Salvador, if you had told me that going into the octagonal, we would be here and we would have gotten out the gate first match on the road and got a point, I probably would have told you I could live with that. And and I think that, you know, like, like I said, I've paper, it's great. Confidence, I'm a little concerned, but but yeah, definitely I'm 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 glad we got the point. I am I am less discouraged than I would be had we not gotten the point. Um but I I, I, I think what's to more concerning, more. Darby. What? I think what's more concerning is exactly I think what's more concerning is, is exactly that. It's that the team looked really discombobulated, like all match. It's like they did this was not the team that we saw trotted out in the Nations League or in the Gold Cup, but in actuality if you actually look at what we did in the Gold Cup, it really was that team. We won 1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0 all the way through the knockout stage. Like that is that is that was what we did. We did not play well in the Gold Cup, and I kept telling people that just because we won the trophy doesn't mean that we played well. I mean, we played good games, but a lot of it was won defensively, not on the offense. So like, I think that you're absolutely right. What's concerning for me is the team just didn't gel and it lit. They looked, they looked like Jurgen Klinsmann was coaching them again. <laughs> oh, Jurgen. RIP. <laughs> hey man, you know, at least we don't have a bunch of dual nationals. So we got that going for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, look, I think that that's, that's really the concern for me is that the team just looked very not with it. And I'm willing to give them a pass first one out the gate. Okay. But if it happened again in Canada, we may be talking about whether or not we're going to even qualify for a playoff spot. Right. So uh, I will, so I, I will play, I will play devil's advocate or, or perhaps a podcast poker. Um, at this particular juncture and go ahead and poke the bear or poke the puppy and and wake this barking beast to ask oh boy, dear what God. your thoughts are about how CONCACAF's and, and FIFA's rules <laughs> about um, so, some of those last minute rules that they threw in there. You know, that's we, we, we have a couple of yellow cards, which is pretty disconcerting. Uh, given those yellow card rules going forward, uh, and especially, oh especially uh, the lack of VAR. What are uh, you said it. You done did it. You done did it, Darby. Yeah. All right. So, so here we go. I'll, I'll I'll give you the same rant I was giving off screen. Very simple. Okay. So, Concacaf's reasoning 
for not having VAR in this sham of a World Cup qualifying, if you want to call it that, is that, and I'm quoting here, the tech, some of the countries don't have the technology to pull it off, which on paper seems like a reasonable thing until you actually go back and look at the fact that all you need to provide is one of three things. You can, look, we can get a coal goddamn production truck to El Salvador. We can get a fucking commentary team to Panama, but you're telling me we can't get a, a, a freaking TV monitor to, 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 to what, Costa Rica? Like, I just, I don't understand, right? And more importantly, more importantly, right? Like, even if, let's just say, in, in this weird, bizarro world that CONCACAF is apparently living in, that we can't get a monitor there. You know what we can do? We can have somebody sit literally anywhere in the world like they do to commentate these games in COVID and be the VAR rep. It's not complex. You want to know why? The NFL does it. The NHL does it. UEFA does it. I mean, fuck, the, the goddamn Little League team down the street can do it. It's not that hard. So, like, I just, I don't get it. And more importantly, and here's what really bugs me. If you're telling me, you, CONCACAF, the governing body of our federation, you know, the one whose job it is to create equity in the fucking sport, that governing body, if you're telling me that you cannot figure out a way to create an equitable way to get VAR for these games, why do you fucking exist? Like, wh why are you here what what are we doing? Because me and Darby could organize these games if you guys can't provide TV monitors for instant replay. I mean, and honestly, we'd probably do it a little better. What I honestly think is going on is CONCACAF is obviously lining their own pockets and didn't want to be deemed incorrect. And look, let's be honest here. It's not like we have the world's greatest officiating corps here in, in, in CONCACAF. You know, it's not like we're being trotted out for FIFA World Cup games with our outstanding officiating. No other confederation has. You got UEFA, you know? And and I might be a little salty because of the ghost Panam go goal from Panama that knocked out of the World Cup. But all I'm saying is, is your one job as a governing body is literally in your charter, verbatim, subsection, I think, like three, which claims that you are to create an equitable, equal playing field for all confederations in CONCACAF, which is why we got the Nations League, by the way, might I add. We have a literal tournament created specifically for this reason, but you can't get VAR, but we could do VAR in the Gold Cup, and we could do VAR in the Nations League, which are two irrelevant tournaments, but we can't do VAR in arguably the biggest tournament we put on. I just, I, I, Darby, I swear, like, I just, I don't, I don't get it, and I knew it was going to happen because in our first game out the gate, there definitely could have been a VAR review penalty. And and look, I would understand if it was something like, you know, look, we just don't think like it's a competitive fair edge or whatever. I could have even understood that. But for a confederation with as much money as CONCACAF has, by the way, because they are loaded and swimming with fucking cash, what I cannot wrap my head around is the, well, some countries don't, just don't have technology. Well, whose fault is that? Like, your sole job is to prevent this from happening, and you're not doing the one thing you're in charge of. That's my thoughts on VAR. As far as the yellow cards go, you know, I think that, honestly, four or five games in, they might be calling us up to come and play because there's going to be nobody left. Like, we might be picking out laws out of the stands because you get two yellow cards, you miss a game, and we're already three or four in at this point. Like, I mean, it's a bad system. 
And, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I would put money down that somebody is going to get screwed out of a qualifying spot because of a VAR decision that never got looked at. Um, and that's just my honest truth on it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you and I were sitting here saying, oh, well, you know, maybe the countries just don't have the resources for VAR, that'd be okay. Like I could, that would be like, that's an excuse. Like I'd hear from Jim Rome, a guy who has no idea how this sport works. Like that's, that's something I could understand. Uh, what I cannot accept and will not accept is for the governing body of of CONCACAF and more so the governing body of FIFA like what are y'all doing here y'all just totally cool with this like you know just sitting here like fuck it it doesn't doesn't matter to us and we already got paid so figure it the fuck out like what what are we doing like I I just I really struggle to come to terms with the fact that we have this technology and we're not using it and the way I liken it is you don't tell a farmer you know, hey, we invented all these really cool tools that can make your job super easy, but you're just not going to be allowed to use them because uh, we just don't feel like it. So go out and like do all the stuff by hand. That farmer would tell you to get fucked and would go find a new organization to represent them. So like that's all I'm saying is uh, like you may not see it now, but I guarantee you like by the end of this thing, somebody's going to be fired at CONCACAF. And they may they may change course in the middle if it becomes a big enough issue. So that that's my thoughts on that. And I'll shut up because otherwise we could do a 45 minute podcast where I just rant about why Cocky Gap is completely useless and shouldn't exist. What are your well, thoughts? You're 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 absolutely right. You are not wrong at all. Like I said before, uh, before we started recording, it's like if if anyone recognizes this as a problem, if you or I or um, you know, anybody just starting out like Let's let's form a soccer federation and and get all the best teams from all over the world together and play soccer. When when we run into things like, well, gosh, some of our uh, some of our areas don't have technology to to put in the the best technology or the the best equipment for making equitable games. Somebody would sit around and go, perhaps we need a governing body. Perhaps we should. We should create something that'll be able to help with this. Like, and and you know these these are not technology starved countries. You know, we we mentioned a little earlier about how you know they may not all be one hundred percent first world countries, but seriously, like, and and where their privilege lies, I would posit to say is in the soccer world. Right. Like, you know, sure, we're not going to make the teams wear the exact same uniform every single game on a condensed schedule because maybe some of them are more likely to lack the laundry facilities or the or the the jersey production facilities to get the, you know, the the embroidered and the numbers and all of that stuff for for every single match. What these countries are not lacking is is technology you know they're they're not playing CONCACAF you're you're not drawing some sort of picture about the the poor pioneer soccer in in your region you know nobody's playing on a straight up dirt field with um you know with with taped up socks as a soccer ball like the equipment is out there 
the capability is out there. And especially when it comes to uh, putting money toward the things that your country cares about and, and that creates both infrastructure and um, economic opportunity, you know, that soccer is there. Like these countries absolutely have the ability, like you said, uh, just for whatever strange reason, it's, it's not happening. And, and yeah, it's a big mystery. <laughs> to quote CONCACAF's official charter, Article 2, Objectives, Subsection A, the objective of CONCACAF is to improve the game of football and promote regulated control in the territories of North America, Central America, and the Caribbean in the light of fair play and its unifying educational, cultural, humanitarian values, particularly through youth and development programs. Sounds a whole lot to me like CONCACAF's one fucking job is to make the game equal for everybody. That's, that's how it plays to me. I mean, I mean, I'm sure someone could look at that and be like, well, we could do our job, but I mean, then who would we be angry at? But that sure as hell sounds a lot to me like we should make sure it's a fair and equal opportunity. And it just gets worse from there the more you go in. Like to resolve football matters concerns to its member association. Sounds like VAR would be helpful with that. I mean, you know, oversee football within to oversee all types of football within North America, Central America, and the Caribbean, ensuring compliance with and preventing infringement of the statutes, regulations, and decisions of FIFA, CONCACAF, and the laws of the games. We have VAR for this. Like, it's not that complex. This is literally, literally what it's for. So don't give me this bullshit. Because the next section says anybody failing to comply with this statute will be found ineligible. So which one is it? I'm so confused, Darby. I don't know anymore. I, just, I don't know what we're doing. As, as someone from Texas who is very familiar with cognitive dissonance, especially this week, <laughs> this is a very familiar song to me. <laughs> they absolutely want it both ways. And and they absolutely have no excuse. Um, and and secondly, I fucking love you. Like, I I am a governing document snob. Every organization I'm in, I'm that person that reads the bylaws and 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 does all the things that the bylaws say because I think that if we've got governing documents, um, that those are important. And I am absolutely here for the fact that you were like hang on let me just read to you from your from your your documents here to see if you can put it gets in here better because subsection m literally says to raise funds purchase or hold any asset for the benefit of or reinvestment at all levels and areas of football in north american central american and caribbean regions that's literally what you're saying you can't do i just don't get it i don't understand how we got here like what what are we doing it makes no sense it literally makes no sense it's in this is like the first page of the charter it's right there in big bold ass letters i just i don't i don't get it i don't understand how we are struggling this much to like it's not complex 
It's not that hard. I just, and my boyfriend is patting me on the head because I'm visibly upset by this. I'm very visibly upset by the fact that, like, this isn't buried somewhere like six or seven, you know, subsections in. This is the first section on page eight out of the gate, right in your face. We are going to raise money for people who can't afford it. Like, I just, look, I mean, I just, all I'm saying is, man, you literally spelt out your job and then put out a statement saying it's not our job. I mean, that's some Sunil Gulati shit right there. And honestly, I'm not sure that he's not behind this. So, like, I, I just all I'm saying is it's it's really it's really not that hard. And this to me is right up there with the U.S. women's soccer lawsuit in that it's completely bonkers and bashing and makes zero sense. And, you know, I just I think that uh. I think that really we should uh, just fire Cockacap and start over. I think we should Thomas Jefferson this shit and burn it to the ground and start over. That's honestly my belief on it. There we go. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Yeah. That all soccer clubs within the area formerly known as Cockacap be actually created and maintained with equity. We're writing our constitution. And here's the thing. They said right a couple... They said a couple of the countries objected, but I can't find anybody objecting. In fact, every country in the OCT is on record saying this is a stupid idea. So I just – I don't understand how we got here. And honestly, we could do a 45-minute rant just dunking on CONCACAF. If we went – in fact, maybe we'll do that one day. Maybe we'll literally go page by page through this entire document just to do an expose on how stupid CONCACAF is because that's how pissed off I am about this VAR thing. Moving right along now to some actual statistics because otherwise I will just rant until I'm blue in the face, which I very well might already be. Uh, let's talk about stats from the game. So prior to this match with, with El Salvador, we had beaten them the last five times we played them, including the last time we played them in World Cup qualifying. Um, so there was that. So we had that going for us. Um, El Salvador, of course, was not in the last hex, if you remember correctly. So there was that. So it's been a minute since we've gone to San Salvador. Um, we, prior to this, had come in winning our last five. Uh, obviously, those being in the Gold Cup against Martinique, Canada, Jamaica, Qatar, and then Mexico. The last four being one nothing victories. El Salvador came in on... Two losses to Qatar and Mexico, and then a draw of El- a draw with Costa Rica. So, like he, you know, it wasn't great. Um, we talk about fouls. The U.S. had 19. El Salvador had 11. There were two yellow cards for us, one for them. Nobody got red carded. Surprisingly, this game, apparently, according to ESPN, I don't believe this is right, but according to ESPN, featured no offsides at all. Which I'm trying to rake my head, and I actually don't think that there were a ton. Uh, but there has to have been at least one. I don't think I've ever seen a single a single game that hasn't had at least one offsides. Um, corner kicks. El Salvador led five to three, and technically El Salvador had more saves with their two to R one. Looking at the octagonals uh, standings, Mexico the only team to get a win uh, last last night up with a plus one goal differential, and then you have a. Seven-way tie for second place right now with 
Honduras, Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Panama, and us being at one point. And then uh, Jamaica, who's a real sad boy right now, with uh, minus one goal differential with zero points. So, like I said, we got real lucky that nobody decided that the first round in qualifying mattered uh, at all. So, like, because if everybody else had won, we would have already been in a hole. But we're very lucky to be where we are. So we got that going for us. Um, looking ahead for the United States, as we said, um, we have, of course, Canada coming up at 8 p.m. on Sunday, which should be fun, I hope. Um, and then really from there, it gets all sorts of bonkers because, you know, we go, we got Canada and then we go right on the road to Honduras. Then we are back at home against Jamaica, then to Panama, and then it's 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 at home to Costa Rica. So realistically, the good news that we have going for us is that, um, I'm sorry, so it's road against Jamaica, road against Costa Rica, home against Panama. I can do that. There we go, I think. I don't know. The point is we have three games. I'm tired. I'm not awake enough. I'm real pissed about VAR. We got a real tough road schedule coming up. And the long story short is that Canada's really a must win. I don't want to say it's a must win, but straight up, if we don't win against Canada, it's going to be a real rough road because like Honduras, Panama, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Mexico is the order. So like, I don't want to be in a situation where it comes down the stretch because our, our, our back end is literally Honduras, Canada, El Salvador. Um, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica. So really, like, we need to get the points now because, uh, you know, um, I don't really trust us to do so hot in the Azteca. And I most certainly don't want to be in the situation where we have to pray for a phantom goal to not happen to qualify because VAR doesn't exist and we will get fucked. So that's just my honest belief on it. Darby, closing thoughts on the game for you. Yeah, I'm as as much as I agree with your frustrations on VAR, I am almost more upset about the yellow card situation. Because we're yeah, also no, coming agree. out of our first match with two yellow cards. And to to miss a key player here or there for a match because of yellow card accumulation is one thing, but to like like you said, that the back end of that um, of that schedule, that is not one that you want to go into missing. You know, we, we've, we've already got injuries that we're contending with. We've already got COVID shit that we're contending with to lose even more key players to yellow card bullshit is just that, that could screw us over big time. It's batshit crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's look, I want to understand if that number was like four or five without a reset. I don't think I've ever seen two being the number as yellow card accumulation. And I'm going to Google that because that still just doesn't sound right to me. But I think, I think that's, I think that's the right. Uh, I feel like, I feel like that's the right number, but let me double check here. Um, like, yeah. Um, I think that, I can't even find it. So, uh, let's see here. 
Let's find out what we got here. Um. Yep, it is two separate matches according to U.S. Soccer. Um, if you get a player who receives an individual yellow card in two separate matches, will be suspended for the following match. So that's it. That that's that's straight up it. Um. They can, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I honestly, that, that to me is mind boggling. And I honestly don't think I've ever seen accumulation that low. I've sometimes seen it where if you get a yellow card in two consecutive matches, but it's not consecutive, it's two yellow cards at any point during the course of World Cup qualifying. I mean, and there's no reset. Like so basically that means Yedlin cannot get another yellow card for the entire tournament. Like that's next to the, and almost a zero percent chance it's gonna happen. Especially in CONCACAF. Like, does does here we go again, but does CONCACAF not understand who plays in their fucking federation? Like, have they never watched a World Cup qualifying match? I, I, there have been literal. There were punches thrown at the Nations League, the fucking Nations League. That then that means absolutely nothing. So you don't think the tempers are gonna flare during World Cup qualifying when a bag of piss gets thrown in your face? Like I mean, I mean it, it, here we, you're gonna open up another can of worms, but I swear to God, like it's almost like the people who run this confederation have their heads so far up their ass they don't understand what happened in this confederation. Almost like. FIFA as a whole has failed the game entirely. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I I just I like I said, every team at some point during this octagonal is gonna be taking people out to stand to being like, hey, you with the Costa Rica flag, you look like you're relatively fit and are from Costa Rica. Why don't you come play this game for us? Because we have nobody eligible. Like that's where we're gonna be. We talked about rewarding depth in this octagonal. I didn't think when we talked about rewarding depth, we'd be talking about just finding anybody you can to replace players that are suspended because they got two yellow cards. So I'm curious. I mean, it's it's an absolute certainty that no one is going to come out in a press conference and say, mm-hmm. here's the plan. But some of these teams that have got yellow cards early is there a strategy wherein they play their second match and they go ahead? Like, we don't want this player out for Honduras. So we're going to go ahead and, or God, whoever I'm, Oh, I'm also tired. Whoever's coming next. Like we don't want them out for, for that match. So we're going to go ahead and have them come out and pull some petty bullshit go ahead and get our yellow card against Canada, sit out Honduras and, you know, so that he can be back and trying not to get yellow carded again later in the, you know, later in qualifying, like never in a hundred years. I mean, it has to be a strategy. Yeah. That has to be a strategy. And, and so, yeah, you know, back to the rules of CONCACAF and, and the rules of how these things work. I'm I'm also certain there's somewhere in there that it says we're trying to keep our players healthy and safe. Does having this kind of a bullshit rule and having that strategy for management as a consequence of it, how is that keeping your players healthy and safe 
when there is a real possibility that the second match in this qualifying, some team is going to go out there intentionally trying to draw that yellow so that they can get their their suspension over with before another key match. I mean, I'll do you one better. You, someone's going to put their hands on the ref. I mean, there are there are there are ways to get yellow cards. I mean, it's not hard, especially in Kakakaf, especially with the incompetency of the officiating crew that we are so greatly blessed with in the wonderful world of Kakakaf. You know, here's here's the reality. If I'm the U.S. and I know that I've got Canada, you're you're damn right. I'm going to have Yedlin go out and get a yellow card potentially against Canada so that he can skip Honduras and be back for Mexico. Right. Like that is that is because it, it resets after you get a second one. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't keep going that every yellow card after that you get another missed game. It it resets. So like if I'm the US and I see that my I've got three guys on yellow cards and I know I'm playing Panama next, but the game immediately after that is like Costa Rica or Mexico, you better bet your ass that I'm telling my guys, all right, cause I'm, go out there and push somebody or get a little salty or say something about somebody's mom or whatever you got to do to get a yellow card. Like, you know, and then we just reset it and we call it a day. Like that is, that is a hunt because if I'm looking at the schedule and I see, okay, we play Jamaica now, but our next one is Panama. And then the one after that is Mexico. I'm most certainly not risking them getting carded in Panama to then miss Mexico, but I will 100% have them be salty and petty of Jamaica to miss Panama to be eligible in Mexico. Like that to me is 100% a valid strategy because CONCACAF is stupid and you got to play with the parameters of what you got and, uh, you know, it's their own damn fault. So I really can't wait to see where the further end of this we go when we've got like 18 players on yellow cards and then suddenly one game, like 18 players get a yellow card. Like, and then, you know, you have nobody left for the game and it, Look, it's bad. This is a bad strategy, and someone's going to get fired. And, uh, you know, yay, CONCACAF. Yay. So excited to do this again. Yay, CONCACAF. Number one confederation, CONCACAF. Woo, CONCACAF. Like, you know, I just, I just, okay. My disdain for this federation is so strong. <laughs> like, when when this recording dis- is over, I will remember to tell you why I'm laughing as hard as I'm laughing. That is going to be my disdain for for Congaf is like an emo angsty teenager. It's like I tolerate you, but not by choice. And it, you know, it's more so like I'm stuck with you until I turn 18 and can leave the house. Like that's my relationship with Congaf. I legitimately. Do not like them. So I, I will leave it at that, Darby, unless you have any closing thoughts. Yeah, my my, my closing thoughts are um, just to let the listeners know how we had planned on this podcast. We're like, we're just going to do a quick 25, just a 25-minute wrap-up <laughs> on how that game went. And it has turned into a 45-minute CONCACAF punch-down, which I'm absolutely <laughs> here for. So, and yeah. we've got another podcast we're doing immediately after this. So, uh, oh. you know, we're just on a we're on a roll. We're on a roll, and that one's going to be even more ranting. And we're not going to give away what that one's about. You'll have to see. But let me tell you, it's a doozy, guys. You thought this was a dunk fest? Just wait till the next one. Oh boy, you guys are going to have lots of rant. Might as well just call this the Switch the Rant podcast at this point. But uh, you know, we're only three or four drinks in, so. uh if Darby, you have no closing thoughts, I've been Jake, and uh, yeah. Yep, I'm Darby. Good night. And, and we'll, 
we'll see you guys uh tomorrow i guess or whenever this airs and then you're gonna hear from us on sunday so have a good night everybody and remember fuck cocker calf Something incredible Build a constellation